Welcome, welcome to the Sport of Kings podcast. On this pod, we discuss the late pick five at Gulfstream on Saturday, January 28th, 2023. This is show number 210, January 27th, 2023. I'm Scott Carson, founder of Sport of Kings, and I'm joined by my co-host, Hall of Fame handicapper, Chris Larmy. Chris, it's the first big card of the year, a really big card, that is. What do you think of it? That's great. It's a, just a great card. Fantastic from start to finish. I mean, you know, last week we had a pretty good card, but the first half was all maiden races. I mean, this race, this card from even though it's 13 races, just about every single race is interesting to handicap, difficult to handicap and, you know, has the potential for some, you know, hidden value plays in almost every race, including all the races that we are going to talk about today. They are wide open. It's going to be, uh, I, I have a feeling it's going to be a, a big payoff pick five because there are uh, plenty of prices that can win in those races. Absolutely. I'm really looking forward to it. Looking forward to the discussion and I'm um, looking forward to watching and betting on these races tomorrow. Support the Sport of Kings podcast by contributing to our Patreon page. Go to patreon.com sportofkings and donate as little as $3 per month. That's patreon.com sportofkings. Thank you for your support. And we have a special returning guest. He won the NHC and $800,000, and an Eclipse Award in 2017. He also finished third in the NHC in one year since then, and he's a member of the Horse Players Hall of Fame. He's Ray Arsenal. Welcome back, Ray. Hey, Scott and Chris, thanks for having me. Uh, looking forward to uh, talking today about this great card uh, on Pegasus Day. It's... Uh, like I was just saying, like it's like a Breeders' Cup uh, day. It's uh, going to be really good. I uh, hope the prices come in for everybody and hope we get lots of winners. Ray, uh, the question is, since you are the, well, I'm sure we can ask you about the founding of it, but because you are the originator of the Pegasus contest, are you in the contest and what is your strategy as of now? Yes, I'm in the contest, and oh, my strategy in cash games haven't been uh, the greatest. Uh, you know, I'm honest. I'm I have I'm not a, a great cash player, but uh, I'm learning. Uh, I'm trying to uh, be like uh, you know some of these guys that uh, want to just go all in at the end and or at some point. So I'm I'm got some where I'm hoping you know to to put a pretty good bet in and uh, hopefully it comes in then I can 
really go at it. But like I said, I'm I'm more of a two-two better, uh, as my record shows. My record doesn't show the best for cash games, but I keep trying. So uh, and I love it. So it's good. Well, I've seen you on the leaderboard in some of these cash games. It's just a question of closing it out. Chris, do you have any questions for Ray? Well, you had mentioned Ray that you've been you're there on track today. Actually, you're down there, I think, for the the winter. Um, any notes? You said you said a few notes about how the track's playing right now that might be worth sharing um, with the listeners. Well, uh, especially uh, the turf. If everybody's been following turf racing here, it, it looks pretty speedy. You know, with this new course they've uh, put in, uh, it seems that uh, the leaders or the, the forward horses are coming around that final turn. And especially I see a lot of these races where the leader is like he's opening up as they straighten out for home. And the last few days, probably more so because the rail has been out like 48. Uh, it's been out pretty good. Uh, but tomorrow I hear the rail is going to be uh, at a zero. Uh, there'll be no out. So uh, we'll give the maybe the closers a little more advantage. But I think the key tomorrow is uh, to watch uh, the early races to see what kind of bias they are. I, I don't think there's any sprints. I think uh, there's a lot of mile and a halfs and mile and mile and a 16th racing. So you should gauge uh, early. And uh, actually somebody mentioned to me, uh, I think last week, that the old course used to have a bank around the final turn when they came into the far turn. And it allowed, uh, especially the closers, getting their momentum but I think this one, uh, they were telling me that the new course seems to be flat around the far turn and into the stretch. So maybe that's why they're playing more speed. But uh, like I say, check out the early races. And uh, because tomorrow there's seven races on the turf and four dirt races. And for the Tapita haters, which I'm not a big fan of Tapita, there's only two. So... We've got good uh, turf and dirt racing tomorrow, so uh, let's get to it. Okay, let's get to it indeed. We are starting with the ninth race. It is the William L. McKnight Stakes, a grade two mile and a half on turf, first of 200,000 for four-year-olds and up. Ray, how are you going to make tens of thousands of dollars in this race? Well, I hope uh, this is one of them to start. Uh, this race looks to me like there's, uh, two speed horses, uh, and a bunch of, uh, pressers. I think the four and the seven, uh, should control the speed. And, uh, like I say, a bunch, uh, forward pressers and then a lot of closers. But in this race here, I'm uh, leaning towards, uh, one of the pressure horses, I believe, uh, that should be up there. And that's uh, number three, Pro Alto, trained by uh, a great trainer, Graham Motion, and getting the first time, I believe, he's been to Gulfstream. I wasn't here for the Breeders' Cup back when, when they had it, but Frankie DeTore coming here from Santa Anita. And uh, I think uh, this horse should show, uh, you know, uh, 
that he's had three starts here uh, and he won, I believe he won his first. And now uh, he's in tomorrow and uh, he ran behind City Man, who was an uh, easy winner and, and he's running in the 12th today. So I think number three, uh, Pio Alto would be my uh, top pick. Powell also had some love, uh, was, a, I think, a triple-barreled pick from us on the pod in his last race. Had some bumping after the start and made a move, but was stuck in a bit of traffic. Solid effort and maybe worth including in next is a note that I had. Chris, what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I remember this horse. Um, I was all over him uh, last time because... Uh, I thought in all of his U.S. starts, he had had really bad trips and still ran pretty well. And his last race was no exception. Um, he did have a little trouble to start, but the rider just gave him a hopeless. He just fell back and, and just had a no chance ride. So I, I'm just going to I can't get off him now. It's just going to be a better price, probably. And he gets Frankie DeTore in an inside post. So and he gets a longer distance. And in Europe, you know, back uh, early on in his career in Europe, he was a, a distance horse. So I think the mile and a half, the increased distance, the good post, the the positive rider switch, maybe he'll finally get a decent trip. And um, you know, he'll be a price. He's eight to one in the morning line. That seems a little low to me. I think he'll be higher. And um there's another horse I like quite a bit in here as well, but I, I can't get off Palo Alto. In fact, today is kind of like going to be the theme. There's going to be several horses in here I'm going to be touting that that you know didn't get the result last time. I touted them on the, the pod. I'm hoping for better results this time. And the first of those is the number three, Palo Alto. Palo Alto is a racing flow upgrade because he's been closing into races that are speed biased. Uh, recently, not including the last one. Um, I had a really tough time with this race. I did land on a horse that's not going to be a huge price, and that's Aban. He ran the fastest time for him, U.S. early pace figs of his life in his last. Um, it was a, a, a sizzling pace, and he was three wide, uh, three wide and then two wide. It was off a long layoff. <clears throat> He's had two months since then and uh he's had too much to get back into shape uh i think that you know they they kind of ran him into 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 shape in that race and uh he has a good chance to wire this field i i don't really see any other horse that absolutely wants to lead so he should be able to get the lead and um reluctantly at a low price uh i do uh i, I do like him um you know, partially because he's got a good post position, he's in the four hole. So a bond for me. Yeah, I that's the other horse I like. I mean, just to expand on that a little bit. I mean, that last race, this horse clearly is one of these rare U.S. horses that just got better as on the marathon distances. I mean, this horse loves just relishes going longer. And that last race, you know, was a sh too short. It was just clearly a prep. They 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 put him up on the lead. It was a fast pace. He got tired, but it, that was to get him ready for this. And I think last year he won this race. So, um, you know, he yeah, just he loves the distances. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, mm -hmm. 
So it's clearly a prep, and he's been training well. I watched one thing nice about XBTV at the Stronic tracks is and they put a bunch of easy and access workouts of these horses. So I got to watch a lot of them, and I, I really liked his last workout. You know, the last was clearly a prep. Second off a layoff, everyone knows I love that. And um, also what I like about this horse, you know, he's not going to be a great price, but because his last couple races, he went off form before the layoff. And his last race, which was clearly a prep, they're all off the board finishes. You're going to get a little better price, I think. Even though you get Saez and Fletcher and he's a defending champ, you're not going to get a big price. But I think you're going to at least get a you know fair value on him. And like you said, Scott, he seems like even if, he, if they decide to send Channel Maker, because Channel Maker does tend to run his best when he's on the lead. I think he could even, you know, just lay off Channel Maker and and win. I think that's actually how he won last year in McKnight. So I think he could win on or just off the lead. And he's really been pointed to this race. So uh, you know, for me, he's the other one I'm interested in, especially in the pick five other than the three Palo Alto. Ray, any other thoughts on this one? Well, unfortunately, uh, I, I tossed a band. I uh, I thought I loved them last year when they had the, the Gulfstream contest here in March 4th. I touted him big time to everybody after his win in this race last year, and he didn't run well, and uh, he's gone off form. But if he wins uh, tomorrow, uh, good luck to him. Pletcher's on fire as, as usual here. So, uh, But I, I probably won't be using him unless it's uh, you know a backup on a try or something. Uh, I thought a, a horse I kind of liked uh, as a closer, Temple. The only issue I have, uh, and nothing, no big knock against him, but uh, Ferran Giroux doesn't ride here a lot. This new turf course, he's a, he's a closer. Uh, he, he's going to be weaving and bobbing through everybody, but uh, if he can get this horse right and, and the closers can come, this horse will definitely be coming on end. And uh, I think that's pretty well uh, those two horses who I like. All right, there's one other horse. Paul Alto I'm... and Bing. Oh. All right. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, there's another horse that I'm interested in. I'm definitely going to use. I think you could completely blow up the tote board. And that is, uh, he's only 8-1 to one morning line, but I think he'll be 20-1, to one, and that is the 9, Value Engineering. This horse is a Chad Brown horse for, for a long time, and he is now a Michael Maker horse. And, you know, he's a lemon drop kid out of a Dynaformer mare. So you, it everything screams distance on this horse. And his first race for Maker, he ran a mile and five-eighths off the turf, on the synthetic, um, I believe it, I believe he won it with a hand ride, and he he just looked good. He it matched his best figure for any race ever, and since then he's been working better than he has in you know at, at least on the PDF page that I print out from Daily Racing Forum. Um, one thing that I've noticed with Michael Maker horses is when they start showing good better form and their workouts are um, as good or better than any they've ever done. They keep on getting better. So 
Um, so I think this horse is a shot to, I think he, he's always been knocking on the door. I think now whatever, you know, magic Michael Maker is working, uh, I think this horse has a shot to blow it up. So, uh, so I would also use value engineering. You're hoping you can engineer some value out of this race with the nine, huh, Scott? I like that. <laughs> um, I, I did have, uh, a one that will, blow, will blow up the tote, um, coming out of that same race and as I, more of the underneath type, not necessarily to win. And that's the five horse. I think it's Agitare, but Agitare, Agitare. I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but, um, I actually liked the horse last time, but it got bet down. So I laid off and it, it worked out right well for me because the horse got completely left at the gate, had absolutely no chance from the start. And um, plus that was off the turf on the synth. But this is a genuine mile and a half plus horse. And, um, you know, I, he actually has won once in the U.S. going two miles at Fair Hills, Fair Hill. And, um, you know, if he, and he gets, if he gets a, you know, he doesn't get left at the gate, I think he'll, he could be really rolling late and there's no reason why he couldn't at least hit the board, um, with a better trip, the big negative with him, but you know, he gets compensated for it. And the price is, you know, the rider Julian, uh, you know, he's my, one of my least favorite riders, especially on closers on the turf. Cause he just tends to fall asleep and wait way too long to make a move, but you know, the mile and a half will play in his favor and, you know, he can't possibly get a worse trip than he did last time. So Agitar, Agitar, um, the five is the bomber for me in the race. Okay. The first race. Uh, I agree with that. I actually, I, I, I will probably put him in mind too, uh, as the bomb. He had a brutal, brutal trip. It's awful. So. All right, Agitar. If he if he wins, there's going to be some people that are going to be agitated. Let's go to the tenth <laughs> race. It's the Fred W. Hooper Stakes, Grade Two, Mile on Dirt, purse of one hundred fifty thousand for four year olds and up. Chris, here's an easy one for you. Yeah, piece what do of you cake. like? Um, <laughs> yeah, no problem. Uh, I like this race a lot, um, and there's several horses I like, so I know I have to pick one. One of the things, it does seem like for a mile race, even though it's one turn, there's plenty of speed signed on in here. There is one of the speed horses I like some, um, but I'm going to kind of play this to, um, you know, for the front end to sort of collapse. And to me, the horse that can take the, real advantage of that's the two noble drama uh this is a horse that absolutely loves going a mile on at Gulfstream when he can get a setup he's been in a lot of races with zero pace including his last race which they went about as slow as you can possibly go uh and you know in that kind of a setup he doesn't have much of a chance and he's been facing primarily state breads which are weaker company and normally, you know, especially in dirt sprints, or, or I guess this is technically a route, but it's a one-turn mile, um, you know, moving up in class is not a good thing. But, you know, one of the angles that I've had used successfully sometimes in the past is 
for a horse that likes to be on or near the lead, moving up in class almost always is is more difficult because the better horses tend to go faster early and they tend to be able to sustain a, a fast pace for a lot more longer portion of the race. So when a horse moves up in class that likes to be on the front, that's usually works to their disadvantage but a horse like noble drama who comes from way out of it sometimes they actually get better setups when they move up in class because in the lower class races often it's like one or two horses just totally dominate and control the the race up front and makes it impossible to come from out of it whereas you move up in class and all of a sudden tend to be in races where their pace is more contentious and sustained and and there gives better opportunity for a horse like Noble Drama to come from out of it. So I'm not as worried about the the class rise. And, you know, I just think he could get the setup. He's 20 to 1 in the morning line, kind of hoping that that hangs in there with this big field. And uh, I think he's definitely one of several you could go with at a price. But the one I'm going to use for the pod is the two. Noble Drama. Hopefully there'll be some drama as he wins at a big price. I like it. He's seven for 14 at the distance, nine for 26 at Gulfstream. Ray, who do you like? Well, I kind of agree with uh, Chris that uh, this is such a wide open race. I see a ton of speed in this race. Uh, I have five horses I'm considering, but the one I'm leaning towards is a stretch, and uh, it's the number six black belt. A horse that has been running in low-level optional races, but since being claimed by Walder, he's really turned it around, and his buyers have gone nuts. He's uh, gone from the 70s up into the 90s, and those numbers make him very competitive with these. And the also uh, point uh, that I really like is Irad is sticking with this horse. So he must have felt he had lots underneath him in that last race. And being only six to one, that's a tough, tough one. But with Irad, uh, you know, you're not going to get a big price. But uh, I just think, uh, you know, he fits up those last three races. Uh, three wins, buyers moving up like that. Uh, that's my top pick, Black Belt. All right. Uh, I, I'm my my mind has been changing on this race. I last had Black Belt as the winner. <clears throat> I don't think he's going to be six to one. I think he's going to be lower than that because <clears throat> the fig on that last race came up really big. Um, but I agree with you, Ray. He's undefeated since he got claimed. He's improved every race since he got claimed. If he improves any more. He's going to win this race, and he doesn't have to have the lead. He can sit just off it. Um, so he, <clears throat> so he's an absolute use for me. Um, but I also, I'm counting on the pod to give me some other <clears throat> horses to play in this sequence. And Chris did give me a noble drama, uh, who I'm going to use because, you know, I didn't realize he was twenty to one, and uh, I was just looking at his PPs while Chris was talking. And um, he's seven for 14 of the distance, and he has closed into several races where he's won despite a racing flow bias uh, that, that was speed favoring. And he still won. And in this race, there's going to be so much speed that he's 
he doesn't even need to overcome that bias. So, so uh, I'll use both of them, but I'll put black belt on top just to uh, align with Ray. Well, good. I'm glad to hear that that uh, on second look, you're kind of uh, see some merit in noble drama too, because I do think it'll be a big price. Um, I do have a couple others in here because it is a wide open race. Um, one is another sort of redemption horse um, that did not get a good result last time, which is the 12 prevalence that I was touting. I think that was on uh, on the pod. Maybe not, but I know I liked him. And um, he did not get a good trip there at all. Um, one thing it kind of is clear is he doesn't like to be in behind horses. He, he doesn't like to kick back. So I really like he drew an outside post. Um, he's shown some real talent before in the past. Um, and but what he does, he can sit off and stock. And I think he could get a really good trip with all the speed in here. Hopefully it stretches out the field. And he can stay out in the clear, um, even on the turn, without having to go too wide if they're stretched out. Um, and I think he might run run a big race. I mean, especially if the Godolphin horse trained by Walsh, and all the Godolphin horses tend to, you know, run lights out all consistently. So I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him do some running in here. And he could be a big price, although he does tend to get bet. And then of the speed horses, if one of the speed horse is going to hold on, I I wouldn't go with Black Belt. I would go with the three horse Mish as the, the speed horse I like. This horse is kind of interesting because he started his career out on the turf. He was a turf route horse. And then they started spreading him on the dirt and he got better. He wasn't like super fast or classy, but he was definitely better when they put him on the dirt. But then they stretched him out on the dirt and he turned into a stakes horse. And he really had never run a bad race on dirt. I mean, he did have the one bad one before the layoff, but I'm just guessing something went wrong that day. Um, and then they freshened him up and then they probably were pointing towards this race. They gave him a prep. I thought the prep was pretty solid. Um you know, that there was nothing wrong with that, especially given the fact, you know, he was coming in off the layoff. And, um, you know, he was on the lead. He got a little bit tired. Now he has that race under his belt. And um, second off a layoff, which I love, at you know, and he's really this one-turn mile. He's done that a couple times at Gulfstream, and he's won by seven lengths in one of them and eight lengths in the other. So he likes the trip. Um, to me, if he can somehow, uh, you know, hang on, you know, maybe sit a little off or be just the best of speed, if it's speed favoring, you know, if, of all the speed horses, I definitely like him the best. It's kind of hard seeing a horse on the front end winning this race, but if one of them does, then it, I, I would go with a three, Mish. Any, uh, any other thoughts on this one, Ray? Yeah, well, like I said at the beginning, I had five horses marked uh, for this race. Uh, I know I'm going to narrow it down, but I, you know, the one horse, Chad Brown, 100 buyers, nobody in this field has those kind of buyers. His maiden win was a very impressive win. And that combo, Rosario Brown, you know, he's going to be the chalk. 
uh, nine horse endorsed. Uh, I got some, a lot of markings on him. Good works back, uh, maker again, uh, you know, this horse, uh, coming around each third start off the layoff. He could be all set to roll, but there's one horse at a price that, uh, I really like. And, uh, it's the four, uh, octane. He showed, uh, his races are very competitive without Lasix. And as a two-year-old, he, uh, he won all, he won three races in a row in these overnights here in Florida against Florida breads. And he sent him to Tampa last start, uh, win very, you know, it doesn't show, but he won very easy. I thought, and, uh, the kid, David Carlos is an up and comer and they get Mike Smith, uh, the hall of famer to ride this horse at 20 to one. I definitely would include him in my exotics. And, uh, that's a, this is a tough race. I think anything prevalence they're all they're all tough it's a toughie all right let's go to the 11th the 11th race it's the pegasus world cup philly and mare turf grade two mile and 16th on turf versus a 500,000 for philly's mares four-year-olds and up ray j your call this time this one here uh it's probably a race that i probably will skip in the pegasus contest I'll maybe bet a few dollars on a price I like, but it looks pretty chalky to me. And I think that the two and uh, the nine, which uh, looks like they're going to be the the two favorites, uh, probably to me looks like they could be uh, the straight exact or two nine nine two. But I, there is a horse That's that Delica I do like. Oh, sorry, I should have given the names. Yeah. But there is a horse that uh, I like as a price. As you know, I like prices. And it's the number four, Sweet Enough. Her first start at Gulfstream was a winning one. And I feel that she's an up-and-comer, having run uh, in Britain. And uh, she last won in Great Britain. And when she did, she won. When she did win over there, she won three consecutive starts. And I know she's in top here, but uh, I give her a shot at long odds. And uh, I love the, the trainer, my Canadian man, uh, Roger. If Roger has a good day, I'm going to have a good day. That's Roger my first. Okay. Roger Atfield, yeah. If he uh, has a day, I'm going to have a day. He did well with Lady Sweetsphere and Cheryl Spite on Breeders' Cup weekend. Chris, what mm-hmm. do you like? Well, I'm not surprised. Just for the listeners, Ray is a Canadian bred. <laughs> he still lives in Canada, but you spend <laughs> the winter down at Gulfstream, right? So yes, but, yeah, uh, I'm a snowbird. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not surprised <laughs> you kind of like the Canadian in there. Um, you know, I, I just kind of echo. I, I think you know, certainly Shantasara seems like if she runs her race. She's the best horse. I mean, she's the class of the field, but you know, her she hasn't run anywhere but Keeneland for like the last year and a half. And, you know, Keeneland turf course is a lot different than Gulfstream. And, you know, Chad Brown's never been a fan of the Gulfstream turf course, although it is the new course, and he seems to be giving it a shot. 
you know, I think there is a question about how she's going to run on at Gulfstream. Um, completely different kind of a, a surface and probably, you know, uh, doesn't necessarily favor her running style much either. So I do respect her and I will, I, she's the most likely winner, but I think there are some question marks and, and same with Delica even more. So I think just because, you know, she loves that Churchill course. She's one of the few horses that loves Churchill and Kentucky downs, but, and I, I'm not again, sure she'll translate her form to Gulfstream. And I think she's going to the breeding shed after this race. So that's uh, to me, I'm not exactly sure what to read into that, but I, so both of them, uh, you know, could win, but uh, of the two, I would prefer Shantasara. And I, I think they could both are beatable. I had it down to two horses. I like, um, for pod purposes and probably based on the odds, I'm going to go with seven lady rock star. She is a horse with some upside. I think, you know, she's kind of like Ray's horse, but I think she's a little faster and better and a little bit more established U S form. And I like that they gave her a prep local prep for this race. Uh, she didn't win, but she ran pretty well, I thought. She was sort of parked wide from the outside post all the way around. She got to the lead and then got run down late, but I think she just got a little tired off the layoff, and because she ran an extra 16th of a mile, and it was really just a prep for this anyway. Um, and I watched her work out. She worked with another Walsh horse that named Keeper of Time, who runs earlier on the card. And I thought she looked really good in there. She was going, you know, she looked a little like she was better, going better than the, her workmate. Um, and so, you know, second off the layoff, I think she pops a big race in here. The big concern, I don't know if her, even if she runs a career best, which I think she could, if Shantasara runs a race and takes to the Gulfstream course, she still might lose. Um, but I like her quite a bit. She'll probably float up above the morning line. I think they're going to bet the heck out of the two favorites in here. I think everybody else may go up a little bit. Uh, there's one other horse I like, but I think Scott might be on that one. Um, so for now, it's seven, Lady Rockstar. Uh, well, this is a tough race, and I like Lady Rockstar. But the horse I ended up landing on was Queen Goddess. She comes off a win. She is just on right now. She shows a sizzling workout since that last race. Uh, she's always been pretty fast, and that win came off a, a six-month-plus layoff. Um, she can win on the lead. She can come from just off the pace. Uh, you know, if, if Talika decides to not go for the lead, then I think Queen Goddess can get it and and wire this field. I don't see any reason why she'd have any problem with the distance. Um, she looks good to me. She's a little slower, but she seems to have a lot of upside. And um, that's my pick. I, I I also do like Lady Rockstar, and um, I'm not sure about Sweet enough. Yeah, you know, I, Queen Goddess is the other one I like. And I, I actually think, given the rider, Luis Saez, and the fact, you know, they don't want to let Delica get the lead because she's that's when she's most dangerous. 
I think they're going to go right to the lead with Queen Goddess. So that's another reason I, I don't like Delika as much. That doesn't mean Queen Goddess can't win. I think she can because she's done really well on the lead before. So, um, you know, I, I think you'll get an aggressive ride and she is dangerous. The only reason I went with Lady Rockstar over Queen Goddess is I think Lady Rockstar will be, you know, probably twice the price. We'll see. And based on the morning line, they look pretty close. But I think of the two, Lady Rockstar is the one more likely to float up um, in price. But if they were at equal odds, you know, I, I kind of have the same opinion on both in terms of chances of winning. Okay, well, I think we covered uh, we covered a lot of horses in that race. Ray covered three, so we'll move to the twelfth race. It's the Pegasus World Cup Turf, Grade One, mile and an eighth, purse of one million dollars for four-year-olds and up. Chris, what do you got for us? Yeah, there's not too many million-dollar races on the turf in the U.S. Um, outside the Breeders' Cup, unless you're a three-year-old running in New York, and I think they finally got rid of those stupid million-dollar three-year-old turf races. So this is a big purse for these horses, and it's a pretty good field. Um, there's two horses I like quite a bit in here, um, and I've got to pick one, and I will. I kind of lean in towards one anyway of the two, but I, if either one of them would win, I'll, I'll be perfectly happy probably at the end of this race. The four-horse Hurricane Dream is the one I'm going to uh, go with. Uh, he's a European European horse who is is a genuine you know group two group three euro which for me means he's probably classier than anything here in this U.S. race uh, on the turf uh, he, he does show a bad race in his last race but I think that one's a complete toss because that was on the you know the arc weekend or maybe the day of the arc and that turf course was just a, a mess, and some horses liked it and some didn't, and he's clearly one that didn't. But if you look at his races before that one, um, they're all really solid. And, and I went back and, and watched them all, even the one in Germany, and I really like the way this, this horse runs. It always breaks sharply. It's always forwardly placed, doesn't get to the lead, but usually sits third or fourth. It, it's very happy tucked in behind horses. You know, it, it'll, it, it'll quicken late. It's handled left-handed and right-handed turns. Um, it's done well on firm to good ground. I mean, all the things you want to see in a Euro, it has. Um, it drew a good post in here, and it gets Frankie DeTori. And DeTori has actually ridden this horse two races back. It was beaten ahead. Um, in fact, if you watch that race, I thought it, it had won. Um, it looked like the winner. They were it, there was like three horses at the wire, and they were kind of far apart. Um, so I, the horse might even think he won. The Tory might have thought he won. Um, so anyway, a whole lot to like, uh, and trained by um, Graham Motion. And the question is, you know, will he acclimate to U.S. racing? How will he run? You know, South Florida. And so all you really have to go on that is the, what the trainer who this is a trainer that's had success with European horses and. B, you know, look at his workouts. And again, this is one I could watch. It was on the turf at Palm Meadows and it was fast time 58 flat. So that that course tends to produce fast time. So I wouldn't put too much stock in the time, but it was quick. And, and you watch it, he was working with 
another grand motion horse in this race, Speaking Scout. And, you know, they kind of ran evenly. He was inside of Speaking Scout. I thought he was going better. And then in the gallop out, he just completely gallops away from Speaking Scout late. So I thought he was much the best. And he clearly was relishing or at least handling the firm going. It wasn't at Gulfstream, but it was probably a similar turf course. And, you know, I just really like this horse. And he's 15 to 1 on the morning line. You know, if you get that, it's, that's crazy good. I don't know if you'll get that. Um, probably not, but you're going to get a good price. And I think he's the most likely winner. Or there's one other horse, maybe two, that are competing with him, I think, as the most likely winner. But definitely a lot of value in the four horse. Hurricane Dream. I don't want to um, um, talk anybody off of 15 to 1. But just let uh, listeners know that there is a, a negative stat on Grand Motion, and that is uh, first after a trainer switch for for f- with foreign shippers, he's only four for twenty nine with an O sixty three ROI. However, this horse could easily win, and that ROI get really big um, quickly. So, um, Ray J, what do you got? Well, I, I like everything. <laughs> Uh, Chris mentioned about this horse. I, I really don't know much about these Europeans. I, I saw the great workout. I saw Dettori on them. Graham Motion's one of my favorites. So definitely have to include. But, you know, I look at this race and I said, this has got to be the tough, toughest race on the card, I think. Originally, I came up with six horses and I narrowed it down to five, which is probably way, it is way too many. So, I'm probably going to just, you know, stick to my top three because I like to play exactors and I'll, I'll play one of these to win. And my top pick is going to be Lady uh, Shakespeare. As you knew, probably going into this, that uh, I would take this horse because it's Roger Atfield. Uh, this horse has uh, had a great career and it's uh, a filly going against the boys. And uh, she she went great in the Breeders' Cup. I bet her that day, and she was a monster. Just couldn't get for second, or I would have uh, cashed big. And uh, I think she will just be sitting up uh, in a race. I don't think there's a lot of speed. She'll be sitting off the three, a tone who I like. And uh, I hope she just pops uh, down the stretch and shows uh, the boys see you later that's my pick okay well <clears throat> i'm glad to hear you like a tone because that is my pick in the race is a good post comes off a win has a, a very minor circle back pattern on the sheets since then his workouts have been great better than they have been in years and that uh, so he fits that um that Michael Maker mold of horses that are improving and showed the best workouts that they've shown in a long time. Um, and I do like the post and he can, he could, you know, it could have the lead. He's one on the lead, but he doesn't have to have the lead. Um, and he's, he's, he's been right there for a lot of races. So, so a tone for me, um, after watching his last race, I also have to include City Man. Um, 
you know, it was a gritty win in his last. He was on the inside the whole time. He he had some traffic. He um, <clears throat> he he showed a lot of speed to get up there and get good position. Then when once he he had traffic, he dealt with it. Then he dove to the inside and he gutted it out. Um, I think that with that positional speed, <clears throat> he may be able to get position and not be too wide on the first turn. And he's just super game. And I think he still has some upside. So, so at least those two for me. Yeah. He's the other horse I like quite a bit in here. Um, I think he's definitely going to get the lead. I think there's no doubt about it. I think he can clear. And this horse is a beast when it gets the lead. I don't think I'm a little nervous is about with Irad and maker. And the fact, the horse looks like he's, going to get the lead if you're going to get 12 to 1. So it's the price is my only concern, but at that price, the horse is a great play. So absolutely with you on a tone that, you know, a tone and hurricane dream to me clearly are, are the, the value in here. And, you know, one will be on the lead and the other one, I think I'll get a nice stocking trip. Ray J. Uh, yeah, I, I knew like I, had, I said, I had five horses in this race, and we've talked about two of them: Lady Shakespeare and Spite Spear and Atone. But I have a, an up and comer that uh, I actually bet last time at Santa Anita. Uh, his last three races on the turf, uh, you know, uh, he he hasn't got the buyers of some of these, but. You know, he's getting better and better. He broke his maiden by a neck. And then his last start, he went into the grade two uh, uh, Santa Anita, whatever that uh, Mathis mile was. And uh, he ran his eyeballs out. I, I don't know if he's good enough for these, but a 20 to one, I'll definitely take a pop. And I'm finding more and more California chromes who I didn't think ran on the turf, but I was told today he had one start that he's throwing so many good turf horses out. And this horse happens to be out of California Chrome. So I will definitely be using this horse and, you know, nobody's mentioned Ivar, you know, his buyers are just amazing. He outclasses this field, I think, but can he get the distance? I don't know if he's just a miler or uh, if he can get a mile and an eighth is, is the question. But uh, you know, one more bid will definitely be on my ticket. And uh, actually just something which is odd that uh, last night uh, watching the Eclipse Awards, the first award they gave Pletcher, he gets up there and I never ever hear him say anything about his horses, but he did mention this horse wit of all the other nine horses he's got today he was he kind of said you know uh we're looking forward to wit running and you know nothing wrong with that horse either he's he's money you know been bet and he's won this horse uh you know could uh could do it come from pletcher out of his mouth there you go <laughs> Yeah, Wit. I have always kind of liked that horse, but he's by practical joke, and I I just think he he doesn't he's not going to have too many horses win Grade One races going nine furlongs on any surface. So I, I would like Wit more as shorter distance. That's 
that's the one thing I don't like about that, but you're going to get a decent price. Um, mm -hmm. Just a couple other comments. Um, City Man, just the post kind of killed him. So at a short price, I'm kind of negative on him. But if somehow Rosario works a trip, you know, certainly he, he'd not be a surprise to win. I just think he's an underlay. Although maybe that post gets baked in the price. So maybe, maybe he could become playable. Um, and Ivar, I'm a fan of Ivar. And like Ray said, the distance and the post, you know, and the fact he doesn't win a lot, although he has been facing much better horses. You know, I, I would expect him to probably hit the board. I just think he's worth trying to beat on the win end. But, you know, he's certainly a nice horse. He's definitely, uh, you know, if this was a mile, he would be a standout. I, you know, and, and he had a good post. He'd kind of be a standout. But at a mile and eighth from that post, I think, you know, he's definitely vulnerable. Okay, let's go to the marquee race. It's the Pegasus World Cup, grade one, mile and eighth on dirt. First of three million for four-year-olds and up. Ray, how are we going to get paid? Well, this is the one that uh, over the years, it's, al it's always been a favorite. Uh, Arrogate, Nick's Go, City of Light. It's been chalk, chalk, chalk. Well, I think this one is going to be where you're going to get paid and there's going to be some big money one for contest players uh, who are going to hit if they hit this race. And uh, it's a very competitive race, uh, meaning that, you know, um, almost all of them have a shot. The post positions heard a lot of these because of the mile and eight where they leave uh, the shoot or they leave uh, and the first turn comes up real quick. But, you know, uh, Gunrunner did it, but I don't see any gunrunners in here. So anyways, uh, the pace should be honest, I think. And I'm taking a big shot for a horse that loves this track. And uh, I'm going with number four, White of Burial. I bet this horse over the last couple of years, I've done well when he's won. And I think this is the spot for him. He's got a good inside post. He should lay off. And I think that last race uh, uh, will set him up. Uh, the Cigar Mile will set him up here. And uh, also, it's time for Tyler to shine. He's, he's, he's a great jockey who just broke his, uh, who just won his 2000th career win. And it's funny, three, three guys uh, in the last two weeks won their 2000th. Alvarado Jr., Jr., and Florent Giroux. Uh, those three guys, uh, which is, you know, a great feat to win 2,000 career wins as a jockey. And uh, I think uh, it's a big, it's going to be a big win for the hometown uh, trainer here, Sappy. He's also uh, due to hit a big one. So all my marbles are going to be going on number four, White of Burial, on top. Wow. If I have I any know. marbles left. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Anyway, he, has a, he has a lot of horses on this card. And White Abario is four for four at the track. And <clears throat> if he's five for five, Ray J is going to cash. Chris, what do you got? 
Yeah, White Aburio definitely seems to like it in Florida, right? And uh, so I wouldn't argue with Ray at going for a price in this race, and that one makes sense. I'm actually going to go for a different Safi Joseph horse. This is another one in my line of uh, redemption horses. Um, I, I I was singing the praises of O'Connor last time he ran. Um, how how brilliant he looked in his last few starts in South America and his first start in the U.S. And then, you know, the, the test would be in his last race. We could see if he's the real deal or not. And it was kind of a thud, right? He, he kind of ran a dull race and it was disappointing. And the only one more disappointed or surprised than I was at the end was his trainer, Safi Joseph. They interviewed him after the race because he actually had the winner who's in this race, Skippy Longstocking. And it reminded me of the time when Collected beat Arrogate in Del Mar and they interviewed Baffert after the race and he was like in a daze. He couldn't, he just won the race. It was like he had lost and he couldn't figure out how did Arrogate lose to Collected. And that was kind of the look you got from Safi Joseph. Like, well, I still hope we can get into the Pegasus with O'Connor. I, I don't understand what happened. And, and uh, it turned out that if you believe what trainers say, the day after they interviewed him and he, they're asking him what he's going to do with his horses coming out of the race. He said, O'Connor, right after the race, they looked and his, he has glue on shoes and one of them had slipped like partially off. So he had been running the race with a, like imagine running with your shoe half off and he had kind of, it, it wasn't completely off. He didn't lose a shoe, but it was loose and, and out of place. So to me, that seems like a legitimate excuse, if true. You know, that would certainly throw the stride off a horse. Um, and I watched his workout again. Thank you, XBTB. Um, loved it. They had him start four or five lengths behind a horse, and he just blew past it and galloped out like a, a monster. It looked a lot like his, his good races. So don't like the post a lot, but with his style... I don't think it's going to matter a whole lot. Um, and uh, I just think he can bounce back and, you know, now I'll get a better price. The only thing about him is his owner. Michael Iberone is a character that bets his horses and he pounded his horse last time, which saved me money. Um, but <laughs> I don't think anybody's picking this horse, but me but he still might get bet down below that 10 to one morning line just because of his owner. It won't be the crowd. It'll be the owner, but I just hope when he doesn't have much money left at the last race and he, he can't bet his horse down too much um, because I really like the 12 O'Connor um, in here and I'm hoping I get, you know, the double digit odds. Well, I, can I just add something to that? I, I just, that post position, Chris, is just so tough in this kind of race. He's, you know, being hung wide so long, and he looks like he likes to be forward. The only thing which I mark was that Super Quarantina was supposed to come into this race. He's been a monster at this track, but somehow he's in the barn that uh, ended up with the virus, uh, and he's no longer, he's not in the race unfortunately and o'connor beat him in chile so i by agree seven, with you but seven uh, links yeah yeah he, he beat you know horse by seven links i agree 100 percent. i just i just can't get my head on to the 12 hole but i'll, I'll definitely put him in somewhere 
I agree. Yeah, I mean, Sorry. That, that, that post, the post position makes it's, you got to take into account all everything, including the running styles and stuff. And it could be dicey, but he doesn't, he's not a horse that really wants to be forward replaced. He wants to be mid pack. And if he gets a smart patient ride, there's no reason why given that most of these horses do like to be forwardly placed that he could get a decent position going in the first turn. Doesn't mean he will, but there's all mm-hmm. kinds of things that could go wrong from other post positions as well. So I would prefer him to be inside, but what I'm hoping is that the betting public is thinking the same way you are and they're avoiding this horse because of the post, because then it just helps the price. And it may turn out to be the post is what does him in. But I have a feeling that it's going to, if he runs his race, he can win. If he doesn't, he's going to lose anyway. So mm-hmm. I'm not, I've kind of ambivalent. You're definitely going to get paid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, depending on what his owner does. That, that's all. I'm still a little nervous. I'm going to win pool. I, I, I hope maybe I, he's hung over from uh, the Eclipse Awards, so he might not make it. <laughs> yeah. Man, yeah, did he talk. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> he's a character, like you said. Well, uh, you know, in, uh, if that excuse is true, uh, no, O'Connor, um, that's a legitimate excuse. And he does ha- have a win at the distance. And he, that was a group three in Chile. And he also has a couple wins at a mile and a quarter, uh, more than a couple wins. You know, he, he's stout. So if, if the pace collapses, which there's a good chance, uh, he's got a great shot. And, um, and I, and I agree, he can drop over uh, after the start, Chris. Uh, I ended out, I, I was looking at this race, and one of the th- reasons why I didn't like O'Connor was because of the post position. But, you know, good point that he is going to drop back. Um, I also was thinking that I could use all in the pick five if I, you know, if, if I really wanted to f- feel like I had complete coverage. Um, I did end out going, I think there is a ton of speed here. So I did end up going with, get ready for it, get her number, who just keeps getting better, shows a big fig going two turns in the Arkansas Derby. Yeah, um, he ran in the Arkansas Derby a couple of years ago. And it was the one where uh, super, super somebody um, won. So it wasn't like an impressive it wasn't an impressive Arkansas Derby, but I'm assuming that he was really wide. And the point is that he got a good number in that race, and he is a closer in a race full of speed. So <clears throat> so I'll definitely be using get her number. Yeah, that race you're talking about, that was the Asmussen horse, won it. But it, it was more than mm-hmm. a wide trip. That horse got left at the gate that day. I mean, the horse had a really bad trip and ran pretty well. I do think, though, it's best distance is shorter. Um, I do think it might be a better, like a one turn mile type horse, but I like the way you're thinking and it is, you know, it, it, the horse should be coming from out of it a bit and gets the trip and the setup, who knows, but that actually that Arkansas Derby was, was a good effort. You're right. You know, to cite that. And that was around two turns. Uh, yeah. And also won a grade one as a two-year-old going two turns, the American Pharaoh, um at Santa Anita. So uh, you know, I, I I think the horse at least has proven that it can get two turns and given the nature of the pace, uh definitely I, I, I want this horse at fifteen to one on my ticket. 
so do I. Yeah, you know the pace. There's a lot of horses <laughs> that want to. There's a lot of horses that want to be, you know, up front, but not necessarily on the lead. So you know, I do think the Baffert horse is is a big threat to fund it, the five horse, because to me, he's going to mm-hmm. go. And the other ones are probably going to be reluctant to go with him. As it's just the way, way riders ride nowadays. If one hor- rider is aggressive, the other riders are really reluctant to get in a speed duel and then get their horse cooked and get blamed for a stupid ride. And um, so a defunded, I think, is very dangerous of the front runners. It kind of depends on can art collectors stay with him early? I don't think he can. I don't even know if they'll try because Junior Alvarado is not a real aggressive rider. Um, and, you know, they're coming off a layoff, so they might be a little reluctant to try, you know, use them early. So I think the funded is probably the big threat on the front end in here. But he's not going to be a, a value to win. But, I mean, you we're talking about the pace. Sometimes the pace doesn't cook up quite as much as you think it is, especially in the modern era of race riding, especially if you have somebody who's, who is real assertive right out of the gate. The thing we have going for us, though, is what Ray said from a pace perspective, if, we, if we're looking for it to cook up some, is um, because of that short run to the turn, the riders all want to get a decent position going into that first turn, so that kind of forces their hand early. So maybe they do all go, um, and it could cook up. It's just hard to predict. That's kind of what I'm hoping. These riders, because of what Ray said, they know that it's a short run in that first turn. So, you know, horses like Stiletto Boy and Cyberknife and you know, mm-hmm. even Skippy Longstocking, Art Collector, and Defunded and Riding with Biden, you know, they're all want to be up near the front. They're all going to be gunning out of that gate so they're not hung five wide. And if they do that, it'll be real easy for Castellano just to mosey on over towards the rail because there's not going to be hardly anything in between him and the rail. So that's what I'm hoping for, but that's just hoping. You never know what they're going to do till they open the gate and the riders make their decisions. Yeah, that's a good point. Very good. Uh, I have uh, one horse that Scott just mentioned that uh, I also will have in the in the bottom. I know I said white a burial get all the marbles, but I like this getter number also. Uh, Peter Miller's bringing her out here from California. The horses run okay, and I, I did see that uh, Arkansas race ran okay, and uh, she deserves a shot at big odds because I think she's going to be 25, 30 to 1 myself, but who knows. Uh, the one thing I did learn this week, and I, I always learn something when I listen to Steve Beck's show, is that uh, I think on Tuesday he had the fellow Leo Powell on, uh, and he mentioned that uh, he gave a, a interesting stat. And I, I'm not a big uh, stat guy for breeding, but I know uh, Scott is. But he mentioned that dialed in uh, won the Holy Bowl and the Florida Derby at today's distance, and that there's two horses. Chris mentioned one defunded, who I believe also with IRAD will go right to the front and get her number. So maybe uh, these two horses will uh, know uh, their daddy. So they might just get uh, dialed in. Yeah. 
Dialed in, yeah. He'll get dialed in and uh, let White O'Berry come between them and uh, we'll win the contest. So There you go. I like it. <laughs> so, yeah. So, hey, you always learn something when you listen to good people. And I always learn something listening to Steve Beck's show. There's a plug for you, Steve. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, so I am definitely. And I, listen, I learn a lot listening to you guys too. I listen to you guys oh, yeah, every right. week. Sure, sure. I'm yeah, serious. Right. <laughs> You're just saying that. Well, anyway. Um, no, I'm not. The, uh, <laughs> there, I, I'm, I'm definitely. Uh, you, you, I, you know, I was, I was, as I said, I, I wanted to use all in this race, but um, because I can only use so many horses, I'm, I think I'm going to limit it to four. And they're going to be white Abario because I like the way you're thinking. And, um, you know, he does love the track and he's circling back to his best number and he's got a good post position. I'm going to use O'Connor for all the reasons Chris mentioned. I'm going to use getter number, but I've got one total crazy ass bomb that could win a 50 to one. And that is last samurai who, um, is a horse that can close. And closed in his last race at Oaklawn. Uh, got, got up to get second at a, by a neck. Uh, the horse has run a lot of good numbers and has run two good numbers in a row before. And, you know, I, I think he can, Frankie DeTore can save some ground on this horse. And, I, you know, first I was going to make him my top pick, and then I saw that he just never wins. He's only three for 17 lifetime, but you know, when he does win, it's going to be expl- explosive, uh, big balloons. So I will include last samurai, the nine. Or he's more of an include in the verticals, kind of like what Ray was saying. I can't remember what some other horse in here. So, I mean, you're right. He's probably, if they, they are getting tired late, he's one of the ones that'll be coming from out of it and could pick up some pieces, even if he doesn't win at a big price. So, you know, well, to me, you know, that's another way. He he won the Oakland handicap earlier. Uh, well, last year he won the Oakland handicap at twelve to one over Fearless, and you know it was at the distance. So, and then that was coming off a race where he ran a mile and a half, and ran a good number, a ninety-eight buyer, uh, just missed to Lone Rock. So I I I. You know, I, I think this horse has a real shot, and you know, he he doesn't win often, but he did win that race earlier uh, in 2022. The Oakland handicap is is uh, nothing to sneeze at at 12 to one, and he has a good recent workout uh, on the track. Or no, that was at Oakland, I guess. So, you know, he's he's training well too. I didn't even notice that part. So, good. Uh-oh, uh, now he's going to be your top pick. <laughs> you <laughs> talked yourself into it. <laughs> You'll have to play Last Samurai. Can't. I was going to say you could play Black Belt and Last Samurai, but they're not. You could play them in the pick five, but they're not in adjacent races. So, that could have been a hunch play. Mm-hmm. So, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about pick five ticket structure. Scott, can we do that? Absolutely. Uh, um, you know, there, there, there aren't too many favorites in this race, in this sequence. So 
Uh, like there's, there aren't any super heavy, there aren't very many super heavy favorites. I think we're, we're, we're sort of leaning against the ones in the, um, in the Delica race. Um, but let's talk to construction. All right. So, um, just, this is kind of general, but I'll use some of these races as an example of what I'm going to talk about. Cause I've been meaning to write like a blog piece about this for two years and I just haven't done it. And I, I'm just saying, well, I mean, I can just talk about it on the pod. And so, I mean, the 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 caveman ticket, everyone's familiar with. You just play one ticket, and you basically the approach most players take is they they identify contenders in every race, and they they figure out how much it's going to cost, and if they can afford it, they play it. If they can't, they start trimming horses down so that it's a playable size, whatever their budget is. If it's ten dollars or a hundred dollars or two hundred dollars, so not a lot of ticket, not a lot of thought goes into ticket instruction there. But the popular way to kind of go beyond that is to use the ABC method um, or AB method, depending on how you play it. But I mean, basically in that, you can play multiple tickets and you identify your A horses, which are on the top line. And so you play a ticket with all your A horses, but you can have B horses in the other races as well. And so you can play like, all A's in every leg, but a B horses in, in one leg. So you can do that. So you can have like all your A tickets with one B. It's kind of hard to say talking, but if any of you are A, B players, which is who I'm really talking to for this anyway, you know what I mean? If you use DRF ticket maker, it'll actually build the tickets for you if you identify your A, B horses. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's better than the caveman because at least you get to, um, you know, kind of weight your opinion if you want to and, and you know, create an A line and the B line. The problem is the way most people do it, it completely sucks all the benefit out of it, all the value out. And by, by the, what I mean by that is most people, they pick their A horses based on likelihood of winning. So the way they build their ticket, let's just use, for example, this last, we'll start, we'll start with the last race uh, of this sequence, the Pegasus, you know, they'll say, oh, well, Cyberknife, we didn't really talk much about him, but most people think, well, he's, he's a good horse. He's the most likely winner. He's not going to be a big price, but you know, I don't want to leave him off my ticket. He's probably, he's the most likely winner. And maybe I'm a little worried about Baffert. I'm always, Baffert's knocked me out too many times and he's got the speed horse. So those are the two most likely winners. Those are my A horses. Okay. That's how I do it. And they said, but you know, if I were Ray, I'd say, but I, I think White Aperio's just about as good. He could win. He's going to be a lot better price. Or if you're Scott, you know, it's get her number. Or if you're me, it's O'Connor. You know, we have this horse we think is value and probably almost as likely to win, but he's not as much. And we'll put that horse down as our B horse. So for me, it would be O'Connor. You know, Scott, it's get her number. And then let's just take another example of the race before this. Let's say, oh, yeah, Ivar, you know, he's the class. He's a little suspect to the distance and post, but, you know, he's the most likely winner. He's my A. And, but you know what? You know, for me, it's Hurricane Dream for you and Ray and, and Atone, for you guys with Atone. So we could say, you know, I think Atone could wire him. A Hurricane Dream, you know, that Euro form is, can be tough when they come over here. You know, they're maybe not as likely to win as Ivar, but they could pull the upset. They're going to be my B horses. So I put them down as my B horse. 
And I'll just do one other race. That third race was Shantasara and Delika. You know, Ray thought they were kind of unbeatable, which is fine. And if you just go with those two, but let's say you're more like Scott and I, and it's okay, Delika and, and Lady Rockstar are probably the most likely winners. They're going to be our A horses. But we kind of like Queen Goddess and Lady Rock. I mean, Shantasara and Delika are the A horses, the favorites, but we kind of like Lady Rockstar and Queen Goddess as our B horses because. Maybe they're not quite as likely to win, but they'll be a lot better price and they have a good chance. So if you do that and you play ABC, what you end up with on your top line are a bunch of favorites. And if they all come in, you cash, but you don't make any money. In fact, you're probably underwater even if you cash. And maybe <laughs> you'll play all a A's and a B horse. And so you get one of the value horses in there. But again, it's not going to pay that much because you have the favorites in the other two legs. So I'm so that, you know, you're, you kind of drain out the value. So, you know, what can you do about that? You know, what can, what we can do to get value using that same opinion and you can do it. It's really easy. You don't have to change the way you handicap. You don't have to change your opinion. All you have to do to turn that pick five frown into a smile is flip it upside down. You flip it, completely flip it upside down and turn your B horses into A horses and your A horses into B horses. And if you do that, then if you hit your A line, you absolutely crush because you'll have those price horses in every leg. And if you play a one B ticket, you can have, you can get beat by one of the favorites in one of the three legs and you'll still really hit the ticket. Where if you played it the other way and you hit all three value horses, you don't even cash. If you, or in fact, if you hit two of the three, you don't cash. And those are the chances to make money, and you've taken them completely off the table. Instead, if you flip it upside down the way I talked about, now you've taken all the low EV picks off the table, and you're playing the ones that create value. And you haven't changed your handicapping opinion at all. And you might say, but, you know, what's the cost? Well, you you are probably less likely to cash, but if you're a lot less likely to cash then you should just be singling those a horses the the if you think that um uh let's just pick the last race if you think that uh cyber knife is way more likely to win than get her number or, or ride a barrio or anybody else in the race you ought to you ought to just be singling that horse and not messing around with b horses at all but if you do think it's vulnerable then you shouldn't you should be doing what i said put the value on top because you think they have you know, nearly as good a chance to win as the other, and the value is much greater. So an easy way to turn a losing approach to the pick five into a winning one, and I'm talking about long-term, is just to flip it upside down and, you know, go with the value over the favorites. Well, I think that's, that's a great a concept. Really... That's an awesome, yeah, very good, yeah. Yeah, you I'm want value in this game, right? Sorry, guys. My, I'm walking out. They kicked me out of the room. So, <laughs> hold on. Yeah, kicked you out of like the, anything. The, the summit for women <laughs> in horse racing. Yeah. Kicked you out of that room. Ray got, he, he got Sorry about out. that. It's so it's so noisy here. This place. I'm still at Gulfstream. That's the problem. I had to find an open suite, uh, but. Yeah, Chris, that's a great, uh, great way to do it. 
because we want to we play for value. We don't want favorites. And, and and the same approach is what you need to do in any bet. I mean, it really it's it's amplified in the pick five, but betting to win it's the same thing. You're not trying to cash tickets. You're trying to find value and make money long term. Mm-hmm. So um, it's not just a pick five, but it really works. Yeah, the the only problem is if you have a lot of B horses, then you know that ticket can get expensive for you. That's the that's the only negative. But um, you know, in 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 that case, maybe you don't play the pick five. Hello. <laughs> The tickets, if the ticket, we get a little pause there, but yeah, you can only, your budget allows you to you just play to your budget, right? I'm a $96 pick five guy. That's enough. Don't want to put much more money into it. Okay. I do want to say yeah. that while, while we were listening to Chris, um, the, I did watch the Arkansas Derby and get her number had serious trouble. It was not yeah, in the right chart. The yeah. yeah, right yeah. out of the gate. Yeah. Well, it, it was slow out of the gate, race. but but also he checked at the end of the first turn and lost several lengths. So, so uh, you know, he's 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 definitely you know capable going two turns. I don't. I mean, I can't be sure about tomorrow. But um, great. Well, um, I, it's a it's a great idea, and if you're that Chris came up with uh, flipping the A and B horses on your pick five ticket. It's, it's definitely worth uh, exploring. If you are an AB ticket player, um, you know, keep an eye out and see if the, if, you know, if you, if you're, <clears throat> if you're afraid to actually do it, you know, keep an eye out and see like if you might have hit, had you done that and uh, you know, track, track uh track the stats and uh i guess that's about it for this terrific card uh anything else you guys uh no, I not really not. i just have my my lock of the day but he's going to be the bomb uh, the favorite favorite i just couldn't get past him so if you're playing pick fours pick fives early or in the middle uh there'll probably be a pick four this the six race at adventuring i just think he's he just lays over that field so but you know there's no value for me there but i just think uh maybe a two five exactor box but we'll see what it pays but uh too short but i think he's a cinch tomorrow but the rest of them i got some awesome card early races are great Yeah, so I'd say, you know, look at the whole card. I could talk about every race, so I won't. But um, it's it really the early races. There's some really good races in there. And it's, the, the, card, the entire card from the first race on is is worth some time. That'll be, that's all I have to say. Well, that's what I'm doing tonight, Friday night. I finally get a chance to relax and do some handicapping. So uh, I would like to thank our guest, Ray Arsenal. Ray, thanks for joining us. Oh, really appreciate it, guys. And uh, good luck to everybody tomorrow. And uh, let's uh, make some money. 
All right. That will conclude show number 210210 of the Sport of Kings pod. Good luck at Gulfstream. Good luck if you're in the Pegasus contest. And please enjoy the Brooklyn Boogaloo blowout. I'll see you on Sport of Kings. Cheers. Giddy up.